we we cycled around Taiwan for for four days and. Towards the end, he was. We, we were chatting. We were just enjoying ourselves, and he asked me, "So, what's your end game in the entertainment business?" You are listening to Changing Careers, a podcast about how MBA careers are changing and how MBAs can change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. In 2017, 15.4 trillion dollars worth of mobile payments were handled by third-party platforms in China. Yes, I said trillion. Alipay, owned by Alibaba, handled nearly 54% of those payments. It has also expanded outside China. Given the scale, it isn't surprising that MBAs want to work in the payments industry. To learn more about Alipay, I spoke with Dixon Ma, Deputy Director of Business Development at Alipay Hong Kong. We talked about the fintech space in Hong Kong and also how a bike ride changed Dixon's career trajectory. Oh, and we also talked about Guns N' Roses. But first, Dixon introduces himself when we spoke at Alipay Hong Kong's office. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Dixon. Right now, I'm with Alipay Hong Kong, and I'm managing um, the business side, the commercial side. I work in the business development. So um, Alipay Hong Kong is a joint venture between um, Ant Financials um, and also CK Hutchison. It's a local conglomerate in Hong Kong. And what we're trying to do is we're developing an e-wallet based on the backbone and the technology of Alipay in China, but it's catered for Hong Kong people. So um, I speak a lot with different merchants, including retailers, uh, restaurants, and also um, the transportation operators in order to ensure we have enough uh, coverage and touch points for uh, the users of Alipay Hong Kong. So if I'm a retailer and I want to accept Alipay, what do I have to do? Um, I think it depends, really depends on the uh, business nature and also the, um, the operation need. Uh, in short, we have different solutions. And for a lot of big name retailers for, or, or operators such as Starbucks or let's say uh, Nike, Apple Shop, they already have de- developed uh, point of sales services. They have their own uh, POS. And uh, what we have to do is to connect the POS, do some back-end integration to ensure they have a barcode reader to um, read the QR code um, of the uh, users, of the Alipay users. And for a lot of mid-tiers companies, uh, what we produce and uh, work out with them is we have a lot of handheld POS, which is like a smartphone itself. It has SIM card in- installed. So the handheld POS can also slap uh, major credit cards. And obviously, uh, we do Alipay acceptance there. And um, interestingly enough, we also focus a lot on small uh, micro corporates, SMEs, and even startups. So we have a simple solution for them. We can have a static QR code for them uh, print out in a nice way so they can stick their uh, QR code as an acceptance mark um, place in a visible place. So a lot of um, the e-wallet users can simply scan the QR code of the shop, particular shop, and um, key in the uh, amounts that they're about to pay the retailers. So um, it's a very simple solution. And the merchant on the back end, they have a shopkeeper mode where they can check if the payment uh, has been received accordingly. And they can do refunds there. So it's simple. So for an individual consumer who walked into, say, one of these small shops that, that Alipay, um, 
I guess they all have to have the uh, e-wallet installed on their phone as an app and then just scan QR code that is provided. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, right now, Alipay Hong Kong, um, we have 2 million users and out of 7 million population in Hong Kong. And in terms of coverage, we have more than uh, 50,000 coverages in Hong Kong. So let's say just two out of seven Hong Kong people, they've installed, registered with us, and um, they just have to, uh, whenever they go to a shop, they just have to activate um, their the e-wallet, make sure it's online, and do the payment. Uh, however, in the future, it's very exciting times, as we'll be rolling out um, a lot of... Um, acceptance points on transportation so let's say you come to hong kong by 2020 uh you can take an mtl hop on the train with the qr code and even at that point you don't need the phone to be online it's offline you can do the acceptance so it's a new technology for us so the the mtr is the subway station the subway the subway station yeah the underground right um i guess from a consumer point of view you know hong kong people use cash a lot they they use credit cards or debit cards so and and previously on the well even now on the subway you can still use the a contactless card that they that they issue so what is the advantage to a, a consumer an individual to use an e-wallet like alipay for a user itself um we do have a very comprehensive um backend system for a user to uh, see his or her payment means to make sure that um it's spending wisely. And also, uh, we do have a lot of um, initiatives coming up. For example, you can, uh, with a phone itself, you can do a lot of um, utilities payments. You can pay your uh, mobile phone. You can pay your uh, cable TV bill. And you can also um, purchase insurance and hopefully do some uh, interest savings products there. So basically, it's a bank at your fingertip. So the advantage to the custom a con- individual consumer is being able to see all the expenditure that they have being able to plan and also being able to invest is that right that is that absolutely um we believe in financial inclusion so um definitely drawing from a lot of um our, our successful cases in china we try to reach um the unbanked and we 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 target the mass public so uh, previously a lot of financial products which are not available to them we make it basically available for everyone. We believe, you know, small is beautiful. So we want to create some meaningful changes. So for a retailer, what's the advantage of Alipay? Again, e-wallet, accepting e-wallet like Alipay versus what they probably did before, which was mostly either cash or maybe for some of the larger ones using credit card. There, there are two sides of it. Uh, the first one, it's definitely having a, a CRM system. So we digitize and make sure everything is put on record so they can enhance their own CRM system, whether it's from a loyalty point of view or whether it's from understanding the customer's demographics or uh, user behavior. And a lot of this on the, second, on the other side of the coin, it's to be able to revolutionize their own retail system so we call it new retails for a lot of initiatives such as um, facial recognition such as um, uh, people counting such as um, unmanned shop all these back end you need a uh, digitalized um, payment system to be able to store um, the user's data to be able in, in an enormous 
uh, basis, but you be, you need the back end to make sure that a lot of front end initiatives works. So, like Alipay is not just the front facing which I guess individuals are most familiar with, right? But it's also the back end. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. We we work closely with the Alibaba ecosystem. So, for example, Ali Cloud, uh, it's a close partner of us. We work uh, with them on a lot of uh, new retail initiatives. We also work with uh, Taobao and Tmall for a lot of e-commerce uh, online sales channels. So, um, with the Alibaba ecosystem, we hope to create again a um, a new style of retail and uh, convenience lifestyle for Hong Kong people. When you uh, graduated with an MBA some, some time, about eight, nine years ago, uh, you moved back to Hong Kong. And what did you do? Hmm. Well, thanks for reminding me it was eight and nine years ago. Um, seeing a lot of cultural diversity in Cambridge because we have a, such a small yet diverse class, um, I wanted to do something really Hong Kong and really local. And um, I joined it, uh, Lan Kui Fong Group, and it was um, founded and managed by the uh, local entrepreneur, very famous entrepreneur, Alan Seaman. And um, actually, there's a uh, fun part of it. I remember in my OB paper, I actually wrote about Alan Seaman. So he is managing a lot of entertainment and um, property business in the uh, Central Commercial District in Hong Kong and be able to join his companies and also developing commercial properties, entertainment districts in China was uh, something very, very intriguing for me at that time. I know it must have been like nine years ago since you wrote that paper, but can you remember what did you write about Lan Kui Fong and Alan Seaman? I still remember what I wrote about him. Um, he is a very creative person. Um, he is originally from Canada, and um, he came to Hong Kong at the age of 17 or 18. He started off with the garment business, and he sees the potential in the uh, Lan Kui Fong area to produce, like, um, to, to set up restaurants and bars that caters for a lot of his um, business luncheons, uh, Western dining, so social gathering with his clients. And um, gradually, I think he realized the potential of uh, doing something similar to a Soho in, in Hong Kong. So he purchased properties by properties. His major garment business, he, was, he sold it off to Lian Phone Group, and he focused on commercial properties development and also um, creating dining concepts and restaurants and bars in Hong Kong. I think I was I was very fortunate to be able to join that part, and then also at that time he was uh, focusing on um, opportunities in China. So I was venturing around China and and Chengdu and in, in Shanghai, Hainan, those areas, and look at different um, property sites and work with uh, developers and governments to develop those areas. And you worked in Lang Kui Fong for a few years, and then you moved to. Another entertainment company, is that right? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I joined after after four years, three four three years in with Lan Kui Fong, and I joined uh, Asia World Expo. And uh, Asia World Expo, it's the um, 
largest indoor entertainment venue in Hong Kong, and it's actually multi-purpose. It does a lot of conventions and exhibitions as well. But um, I was focusing with um, concerts and entertainment at that time. So I think my previous experience in the entertainment and leasing business sort of translates to Asia World Expo, as in I was deal- uh, working on business developments on the concert sides. So working with different concert promoters uh, like the Life Nations, the AEGs, um, and was able to host host a few shows with them. And um, also, I was exploring something new at that time. I um, I'd had the opportunity to work on the digital transformation projects. So we were developing an in-house ticketing system for the concert business. It, it was very new to me. It was it was very exciting. I'm gonna put you in the spot. So, what was one of your favorite concerts that you brought in? I think Guns N' Roses was the favorite one I brought in. Guns N' Roses. It definitely oh. wasn't my 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 time, but um, the 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 deal was very complex because um, the Guns N' Roses uh, team it was the first time for them to come to Hong Kong in the full team, so that they they had very very demanding if if not um, close to perfection requirements so we were able to uh, work closely with uh, Life Nation on that deal and ensure that we have everything in place and work out a uh, feasible commercial model for both sides so it was a lot of hard work but most definitely I think um, from from a personal business point of view Guns N' Roses was most satisfying. I have to ask you are you a Guns N' Roses fan? Uh, not really. <laughs> I'm just wondering about all the, you know, the the kind of music. Well, I I I I remember when I was much much younger, I was a Guns N' Roses fan. <laughs> not not anymore, but yes. So, you know, you're you're working on the entertainment sector for a while, for quite a while. Why? What made you change? You know, get get out of that sector and move into. Uh, fintech. I think entertainment uh, business is definitely very attractive, but um, at the same time, I was seeing the business, it has limited prospects, and uh, for example, the concert promoters that I, that I deal with, um, they're being squeezed out of margins, and um, using some of the old uh, strategy frameworks, I just don't see the sort of sustainability in, 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 in the longer term. And um, I still remember I was um, having my my holiday and I was cycling with my classmate Bronson in, in Taiwan. And um, we, we cycled around Taiwan for, for four days. And towards the end, he was we, we were chatting, we were just enjoying ourselves. And he asked me, so what's your end game in the entertainment business? And um, I think it, it sort of made me pondered. And um, I was thinking, okay, I had this China experience with Lan Kui Fong and um, with entertainment business. I think I sort of um, demonstrate that I can uh, survive in a, in a high-octane environment and um, create some sensible deals out of it and with the digitalization experience. So what's my end game? I don't want to, I don't see myself working in the entertainment industry and in, in concert promoters business for long term. Coincidentally, Alipay Hong Kong, uh, the joint venture was set up last March uh, in 2018, and the opportunity presented itself, and they wanted to uh, look for someone has China experience with um, 
not exactly a digital guru, but at least knows the language, and most importantly, has commercial sense out of it. So I see this as an opportunity for growth, and I, I jumped at the opportunity, yeah. In all the career transitions that you've made, and now with Alipay, do you, how much do you use, or what do you use in terms of the things that you learned in the MBA, whether in the classroom or outside the classroom with your classmates? I think, first of all, it's having that cultural sensitivity, um, being able to work with uh, people from different backgrounds, um, different international ethnicity, and also uh, different mindsets, having that inclusiveness and collaborative mindset. I, I think that's one of the most valuable takeaways that I, I have away from, from Cambridge. And um, in, in terms of... <sighs> the the knowledges uh, or, or the theories from time to time I, I sort of pick up a framework or from here or there but um i think uh the the book or or the 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 black and white side of things they don't matter very much in 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 your everyday business world um i think it's having the ability to learn things on the fly because um a lot of the new technologies when we were still studying in Cambridge, they don't even exist. Like AI, like blockchain, like big data. Perhaps they were there, but it's definitely not as uh, widespread as today. And um, I think it's having that ability to learn and at the same time to unlearn your preconceptions. I I think that's very important. The payments industry has always been huge, but new technology entrants such as Alipay promise to disrupt and grow the market. This is a great career opportunity for MBAs. We already heard in episode 35 from Nana Saito about how she broke into this industry with GoCardless. And if you haven't heard that episode, go and listen. I liked how Dixon talked about framing his career choice in terms of the career end game. It reminds me of Hemant Mohapatra in episode 19. He asked himself, where did he want to die? and that guided his decision to move to India. While it's true that you can't predict the future, you should have a view about where you see your market or career endgame. That will guide you in your career decisions. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, subscribe if you've not done so. And if you've already subscribed, thank you so much, and please share this with someone you know who would benefit from listening. You can also leave a rating and review. It helps others discover this show. I'm also on Instagram and you can find some behind-the-scenes look at these podcasts and some of the issues we explore on these shows. I'm Chua KH, that's C-H-U-A-K-H on Instagram. And I also post on the Cambridge underscore MBA Instagram account. You can also tweet at me at Conrad Chua 16 Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers. 